question uh, that you teach us in establishing a conversation with somebody we don't know. And since people on this call, with the ex exception of George Cochran and Terry Slindy, don't know you. So I'm just curious, where are you from originally? I am originally from Israel. I was born there at a very young age, and uh, which is east of Texas, where I live now. Texas. So tell me why that's your first key question. And if you had another way that you wanted to begin this conversation, you're welcome to pivot. Sure. I thought that might be a fun way to start. No, no. Absolutely. Uh, Julie, my dearly departed Jewish mother, had a wonderful way of connecting with people. And by the way, you all want to take notes during this uh, time together. And Julie, I'm trying to remember, how much time do we have today? We have an hour. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. So... You'll want to take notes during this hour because you'll get five times as much out of this when you take notes as we think you remember. So everybody, please write down, I will have a good time. Can <laughs> we start with that? Would you agree, Julie? Let's just have a good time. Yeah, I will have a good I'm time. I'm having a much better time right now, Boaz, I'll tell you that. Good, 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 good. Absolutely. I will have a good time. So my mother had a good time with people and she loved meeting people. She said, and please write down, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story. She'll, if she met you, she'd be fascinated because she would say, oh, my gosh, these people all have new stories. And so my mother, who was from Poland, dad from Austria, they both went to Palestine in 1935 as pioneers to help build a new country. Mother became a top accountant in the medical system in Israel, and dad was a carpenter and a builder. He built some of the original block homes in the desert of the country, when uh, he carried a shovel in one hand and a rifle in the other. So, Julie, I actually have two careers. One, I'm a professional speaker. And two, here in Dallas, my daughter and I buy houses, fix them up, and sell them. So I'm also a carpenter and a builder. Oh. So I feel just as comfortable framing a house as I do framing your future. And there are correlations oh. between the two. So my mother had an amazing attitude. And yet she had every right to hate everybody, including God. Mother lost four brothers and sisters and her parents in the Holocaust. Just like that. I think you'd agree. She could hate everybody, including God, and nobody would be upset. And yet she had the most positive attitude. So everybody, please write down, attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. It's not a part of the thing. It's not a majority. It's everything. And by the way, Wayne, can you turn your camera on so we can see you? We'd really appreciate that. And um, so... I had to ask her one day, I said, Mom, how can you have such a positive attitude? Because you, of anybody, have a right to hate everybody, including God. Her answer was amazing. She said, son, if I don't have a good attitude, then they got me too, and they didn't shoot one bullet. So I can never complain about anything. So Mother connected with people so easily with the five questions. And please write down everybody's favorite topic is them. <laughs> hate to break it to you. It's not you, it's not me. Julie, I used to think it was me, but it's not. Everybody's favorite topic is them. So for your greatest success, please write down, I'll let the other person do a great deal of the talking. I'll let the other person do a great deal of the talking. People talk too much, and they wonder why they have difficulties with people. Why do I get along with people? Maybe it's because I'm talking too much. I'm not letting them talk about them. It's critical. It really is. And so mother used the following questions, the following five questions. 
for opening, just like Julie just asked me. Well, ahead of question number one, she also said a phrase that got you relaxed. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. That was her opening line. I'm just curious. Then after the I'm just curious, her number one question was the one Julie asked me, where are you from originally? Because she liked following your story. You know, you have a story and she wanted to follow your story. And so the opening, I'm just curious, question one, where are you from originally? The next question depended on the answer to number one. If you uh, answered, I'm from right here, wherever you are, wherever you are, then question two became, have you lived here all your life? You know, people move a lot. So if your answer to number one, where are you from originally? Next question is, have you lived here all your life? But if you told me originally from somewhere else, another state, another country, then question two becomes, what brought you here? What brought you here? So we're following your story. So the opening, I'm just curious, question one, where are you from originally? Then either, have you lived here all your life? What brought you here? Question three, do you have a family? Most people like talking about the family. Uh, Husband, wife, kids, nieces, nephews, dogs, cats, got a family. Got a family. And so we've got, I'm just curious, Question one, where are you from originally? Two, is either have you lived here all your life or what brought you here? Question three, do you have a family? Four, if you don't know, is simply, what do you do? What do you do? Joel ever knows for most people, that is a lead-off question. What do you do and is there anything in it for me? No, 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 maybe. Hold it, hold it. This is not the order my mother figured it out. The what do you do? was question number four, which was simply more information, but not the determining factor as to whether she wanted to talk to you. And question five is wonderful. It takes us back to an innocent time. What did you want to be when you were growing up? What did you want to be when you were growing up? Most people can't remember the last time somebody asked them, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Precisely. It takes us back to um, an innocent time. Oh, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a fireman, a veterinarian. And that one can be thrown in anywhere in the sequence. The other four are sequential. One builds on another. Now, a couple of words of warning about all of this. Don't do any of this if you're not genuinely interested. Don't. You're about to be false, and you should be. So don't do it if you're not genuinely interested. And two, critical to your success, please write down, I'll watch my tone of voice. I'll watch my tone of voice. Anybody agree with me about this being so important? They will never teach you this in business school, and they should. Would you agree, Julie? They should teach this. Absolutely. Well, that, that's why your program is so is so impactful, Boaz. I, I will tell you, after you gave this presentation, some of the members of my Vistage group, who are, who are introverts by nature, told me in subsequent weeks it was the single most important thing they'd learned from any Vistage speaker because they were able to go into a – a networking event or whatever, and feel comfortable knowing that this is how they can start a conversation. It really is very important. Yeah, Julie's so right, because the average person does not know what to do after hello. Well, this is a game plan. This is a game plan. So let me show you 
how beautifully this works. I will ask some of you the five questions and you'll see how simple this is and how little time it takes. So I'm genuinely interested and I watch my tone of voice. Uh, Sherry, are you in the room over there? I see a beautiful ceiling up there. If you can get a little closer to us and lower your camera a little bit so we can actually see you. There we go. So Sherry, please unmute and then we'll go to Terry. By the way, this is one of the lessons I teach about Zoom meetings. As if you don't tell the next person in line, it'll take them a while to unmute. So let the next person in line know. So Sherry, I'm just curious, where are you from originally? I am a from a small town in Minnesota called Vesta. And where do you live now? In Decorah, Iowa. What brought you to Iowa? Uh, a husband and a job. Okay, did you come willingly? Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know. Because if she's a prisoner, maybe she needs an intervention. I didn't know. I just didn't know. And uh, and what kind of job did you get when you moved to Iowa? I had just finished law school, and I got a job in a law firm. Well, how neat. See, if mother was interested in something, she would pursue that. This is not a one, two, three, four, five type of thing. As maybe with a person you meet for the first time you might just get to the first couple of questions and let them talk and you find it so fascinating what did you want to be when you were growing up sherry probably a teacher did you pursue that no why not i didn't really think i had the skills needed to be a teacher Ooh. And let me tell you why mother would ask that question and mention why not, because she might inspire you to go back and do that. You know, what well, we keep you from doing that right now. And somebody might say, well, you know, she's right. And do you have a family? Yes. Sherry, tell I us. Have, I have three grown children and five grandchildren. Do they live close by? I have one daughter who lives in Decorah. Uh, the other two children, one lives in Virginia and one in Colorado. You all get together as a family? Yes, not occasion. Yes, we do. Would you enjoy doing more of that? Yes, yeah, yes. Okay, and what do you do? What do you do now? I'm retired. I'm sorry, you're... I'm retired. So well, what retired. do I do? Yes, I don't work. Is, is, did you mean work or what do I do generally? No, no. what do you enjoy doing in your retirement? Um, well, I enjoy playing bridge. I enjoy mm -hmm. traveling. Cool, cool. Terry, and then we'll go to Julie. Terry, I'm just curious, where are you from originally? I'm, I'm originally from Fargo, North Dakota. It's good to see you, Boaz, by the way. It's been a long time. How long ago did we see each other? Uh, I had a vintage group in Des Moines for several years, probably uh, uh, 15 years ago, 16. Now, for those of you who are not aware, I've been a vintage speaker for over 20 years now. And thanks to nice people like Terry and Julie, I have done 2,035 vintage meetings. You know, Terry, I'm about to get it right. The next one could be it. I've been practicing a long time. This has got to be yes. it. Yes. It's got to be it. And um, what did you want to be when you were growing up, Terry? Well, I, I actually I wanted to be a professional baseball player because uh, 
Roger Maris lived on the street from me, so I was kind of inspired by him. And, oh I, and I wanted it. Well, and Bobby V lived at the other end of the street. So, you know, I'm the only one nobody knows about. Oh. I, I, I also want, I wanted to be a doctor. So did you pursue that at all? I did not. Not until I was older. And, and uh, the University of Iowa told me I was too old because I was over 40. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. And tell me, you have a family? I do. I have, I have a wife for 52 years and uh, and uh, two children, uh, one out in California, Rancho Santa Fe, California, and the other one, Lake Forest, Oregon, or Lake, Lake Forest, Illinois. Any grandkids? I have four, three girls and one boy. And you all get together as a family? I'm sorry? You get together as a family. Do you get together? Not very often. It's a long ways. They live well. We we see our grandchildren and daughter and son-in-law in Chicago, but or like for yeah. us. But I'd like to see them more. Of course. And what do you do now? I I am pretty much retired. I do some some stuff on by contract. I work with CEOs and presidents of companies. I was a Lutheran pastor for thirty years, so that uh, uh, I got out of that and I started working with CEOs. But I do that. I'm 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 an old guy now. I mean, I'm 74, so I just play. Really? Well, I'll be 76 in July. Anybody understand that age is an attitude? Who understands that? People in this country work hard to retire at 65, then sit around all day, watch TV, and die within a few years because they stop moving. They stop moving. Yeah. There, I enjoy what I'm doing. I have no plans to retire whatsoever. Why? I well, I, I was half half by joking because I I uh, I ride my bicycle, I do tai chi, I read a lot, an awful lot, and I take uh, the great courses. That's yeah. what I do. I love it. I love it. Let's do one more person with the five questions. Julie, I'm just curious, where are you from originally? Des Moines, Iowa. And where do you live now? Des Moines, Iowa. You've been there all your life. Oh no. No, I lived in Annapolis, Maryland. I lived in Chicago. I've lived in Washington, D.C. I just returned to Iowa a couple of years ago because my adult son lives here. We met when I was a Vistage chair in Annapolis, and then I had you speak to my group in Chicago. Absolutely. What a great pleasure throughout the years. And what did you want to be when you were growing up? Uh, I had no idea. I had no idea. I think, I think I wanted. What did your parents do? Well, my mother was a homemaker and my father was a war correspondent and a columnist for the Des Moines Register and Tribune. Wow. So you see, mother had follow-up questions if you said, I don't remember. I don't want to put somebody on the spot. Also, you want to have a follow-up question in case I ask, do you have any family? And they say, no. Then I might ask, do you have any pets? If they say no, would you like some? So the purpose <laughs> is not to put anybody on the spot. It's to just get them to talk about themselves, their favorite topic. Julie, you have a family? I do indeed. I have a husband. I have a sister, a brother, and an adult son, and some stepchildren. No pets. How lovely. And what do you do now? I'm pretending I don't know anything. Well, I write a column on Substack. I produce a writer's retreat once a year, and I founded a group called the Iowa Writers Collaborative. 
that now has 28 columnists who write pretty much once a week. Ooh, absolutely. So you saw, did I spend very much time with any one of these people? No, but how much did we learn in a short period of time? Simply incredible. My next question for all of you is if you could change one thing about you, what would you change? People would be more outgoing, more carefree, more peaceful, more patient, a better husband, wife, son, daughter, parent. What would you change about you? Exercise regularly, eat healthy. And we'll start with Julie Klein, and then we'll go to David. Julie, what would you change about you? I would like to be a better speaker. I have a very tiny voice, and I would like to project more and be a better speaker. Everyone, please write down, words are previews of things to come. Words are previews of things to come. And if it's not what I want, I won't say it. Words are previews of things to come. And if it's not what I want, I won't say it. People say things they don't want, and then they're shocked when they happen. And you see, our subconscious mind hears everything as an order. So if I tell you all without thinking, I'm a clumsy person, give me a few minutes here in my home in Dallas, I'll walk down the hall and trip. Because my subconscious heard that as an order. So may I suggest, Julie, the first step toward being a better speaker is never to say, I have a tiny voice. That is an order to the mind. So Julie, would you please write down, I have an important voice. Who sees the difference? I have an important voice. Because I don't listen for voices, I listen for the message. Anybody like me? So you understand, Julie, if we say, I have something, we continue that. But from now on, whatever you think about it, say, no, 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 wait a minute, I have an important voice. Does that make sense, Julie? Yes, it does. Thank you. I don't think she's that felt empowering. <laughs> yeah. How many saw the difference? Suddenly she's different from what she said a moment ago. You do have an important voice, Julie. I love it. David and the Billy. David, what would you change about you? Please unmute. Please unmute. We cannot hear you. I uh, originally was living in a suburb, Altoona, up in near Des Moines, Iowa. I purchased a farm down in Holden, Missouri, and I have moved down here. And I'd like to exercise more. My idea of exercising was to ride a bicycle up in the suburbs. But down here, it involves uh, doing a garden, setting up an orchard. And then I have a large tractor and a large mower where I'd take in moa a hay field. So my activities are radically different now. But yeah. my goal is just to have a more active adult life, a senior life. Yeah. A friend of mine, uh, David, his idea of exercise was to fill the tub, pull the plug, and fight the current. That's not <laughs> so. All right, let's go. Billy and then Bernard. Billy, what would you change about you? I would like to be less of a procrastinator. No. Yeah. I was going to write a book on that. I kept putting it off. Bernard and then Bryce. <laughs> some of you need to be drinking whatever Billy's drinking. She's getting my humor faster than some of you, okay? Okay, I am funny. And some of this will be time release. You get about four and think that was funny. All right, Bernard and then Bryce. 
what would I change? Well, uh, I very much in, enjoy music and uh, I can't change it now, but I wish I could go back to when I was in grade school and, um, and have better instruction in music. I uh, went to a small school, so that opportunity wasn't there, but I've always wished I could, could have done that. So would you want to sing or play an instrument? Uh, play an instrument. I play, I play you... a tuba. Okay, would you like to be better at that? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I'm asking, I'm just asking, what would keep you now from looking for a tuba teacher? Uh, I guess accessibility, probably. But we don't know unless we try. Right. So when we get off today, after we finish, just Google tuba teacher in my area. Thank you. Might be yeah. surprised. Yes, be surprised. thank you. Hey, did you have you changed? Now he's suddenly excited about it. I love this. I love this. See, you know, I never miss, miss one of my own, my own events. Okay, Bryce and then Marsha. Bryce, what would you change about you? I'd like to be better at uh, prioritizing. I'm 86. I think I've changed over the last 10 years most of the personal things that were wrong, but I still have not written the great book. And I uh, have not prioritized it. That's my problem. What would be the great book about? It would be about my family. I'm a genealogist. I love it. I love it. Uh, how much time a week could you commit to writing on your book? One hour a week? Half hour a week? Two hours? What's a, a time that would be easy to commit to? The easy time would be about six hours a week. Okay. What day of the week would that be? Or do you want to disperse that over several days? I put it over several days. I think about two hours to three hours is a good length of time to do something like that. Okay. Which days of the week? Uh, Mondays and Thursdays. Okay. Then three hours each of those days? Yes. Please write down. Monday, Thursday, three hours. What time of the day? First thing in the morning? Afternoon? When? It would be in the afternoon. What time? One to four? Twelve mm -hmm. to three? Yeah, about one to four would be good. Okay, so write down Tuesday and Thursday. Did we say Tuesday, Thursday? Is that what you said? Monday and Thursday. Monday and Thursday. I'm in orthopedic shoes. I stand corrected. Monday and Thursdays. <laughs> and put the time down. And may I suggest that your first session, just write down a table of contents. Just divide. You may change it a dozen times or more, but just write down some table. Okay. Chapter one, one to three years old. Chapter two, three to four years old. Whatever. Just write down an outline. Just start with an outline. Does that Actually, make sense? I've got that. That's as far as I got. <laughs> then, then start on chapter one. Yeah, chapter on. one is called The Early Years. Oh, you've already got the title for that. So might you be able to just spend whatever six hours next week working on just that chapter? Good idea. Right. See, if we look at the whole book, it's too much for me. But I might agree with you, Bryce, to do one chapter. And when I get through with that, we'll renegotiate about chapter two. Does that make sense? Fair enough. I love it. I love it. Marsha and then Bob. Marsha, what would you change about you? We cannot hear, please. Talking to me? 
Yeah, please. Well, I'd like to revitalize my social life post-pandemic. It seems like um, it just got wiped out. People um, are different with their interactions. And I have written a an outline uh, with uh, action steps, and I'm working on it little by little. Okay. Is there one person you used to be very close with that you'd love to get back to socializing with? There are a couple, and they're they're on the list, yes. Okay. What would keep you between now and the weekend from calling them and setting up for coffee? Nothing. No excuse. Then please write down. I'm calling and then putting the two names. Today. Today. I'm just calling them. Bob and then Chuck. Bob, what would you change about you? Me, Bob? Yes. Translate my nervous energy into real action for all the projects I do. So what's one project you'd like to maybe start with, if you only had one to start with? I'm on, I'm the co-chair of the Iowa Public Radio Fund Drive for the capital campaign. So what's the first step you can do to move that ahead? Simple, small step. Um, Ask everybody here to send in a check. (laughs) Okay, everyone, I'm a big fan of public radio. Come on. Come on, somebody here has got to have at least $10, something, right? Bob, it doesn't take big donations. It takes a whole bunch of other donations. What's the address, Bob? Uh, Hello, Bob, what's the address? It's it's here in Des Moines, IPR on 2210 Grand. 50312. And add another zero. I'm sorry, what was the zero again? Add another zero. To the zip code? No, to the amount on the check. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. So did everyone get the address? Any kind of contribution. I'm a big fan. I listen to NPR radio, watch NPR television. Best television programs of anything on the air today. Who would agree? Best. PBS Playhouse? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Masterpiece Theater. Oh, fantastic. Love it. Love it. So, Bob, you've already taken the first step. I'm there. Yeah. So, better NPR. And Chuck and then Judy. Oh, before we go to Chuck, everybody please just stand up. Come on, stand up and stretch. Come on, stand up and stretch. I teach people. When you have a meeting, that's everybody. Can everybody please stand up? I'm not going on until everybody. Just stand up and stretch. Come on, everybody stand up and stretch. Stand up and stretch. That's one of my rules for powerful meetings. Don't have people sitting for any more than 30 minutes at a time. Who agrees that's really important? Do not have people sitting for any more than 30 minutes at a time. All right, Chuck and then Judy. Chuck, what would you change about you? Um, I resigned from piano lessons 100 years ago, and I have regretted it every day since then. And I, I, I really wish I could play the piano. Would you go online and check out a piano teacher nearby? I'm married to one. I could, uh, this is really sloth that has kept me from doing this. She plays so much better than I possibly could. So, uh, but yeah, there's no reason I couldn't pick that up. And it, I, I, I think I'm too damn busy to do it, of course. However, I know this the way I am. If I started playing, I'd love it. Uh, I'd love it and I would do it because 
I'm just thrilled when I watch people who can do that. I'm jealous. Who would agree with me? I don't even know Chuck's wife, but he would make her feel really important if he asked her for lessons. Who would agree? Make her feel important. What is a time once a week, Chuck, that you can commit to lessons? Half hour on Saturday morning? An hour on Sunday afternoon? What is a small amount of time you could agree to? Well, it'd be an, an, you know, a, a half hour, an hour on the weekend for sure. Saturday or Sunday? Um, probably most reliably on uh, Saturday early. What time? Nine o'clock? Um, nine o'clock. Please write down. Every Saturday, nine o'clock, I'm enjoying piano lessons with my wife. Every Saturday, nine o'clock, I'm enjoying piano lessons with my wife. And would you kindly do me a favor and commit to talking to her about it today? I certainly will. Exactly. I took piano lessons when I was small, Chuck. I'm not saying I wasn't good, but eventually the teacher asked me just to play the rests. Let's move on. <laughs> Some of you get that later. Some of you get that later. I'm trying to hit a high note here. Okay, Judy and the Nikki. Judy, what would you change about you? Um, I would walk more. Get her exercise. Okay. All right, Nikki and the Diana. Um, so many of the things that I, I need to do or want to do have already been mentioned. And, and so um, I always plan to learn to play the piano. Uh, I have my uh, mother's memoir that I've been meaning to write. I have uh, 893 pages done, or 93 words, 93 words. Um, so those are probably be my two biggest ones. But if you can only pick one. I can only pick one. Okay, get, get. Do the writing. Do the writing. Okay. Okay. Can you commit, like we talked a while ago, to a certain day of the week that you might spend an hour or two? Yes. Yes. When? Um, probably afternoons would be best. Which two day? To four. Two, two, two to four. Two to four. What day of the week? Um, maybe Tuesdays and... Wednesdays. So two hours both days or one hour each day? No, two hours both days. Okay, please write down. Tuesday and Wednesday, two to four. Tuesday and Wednesday, two to four. Let's make sure we have the correct address for uh, you sending checks to public radio. Iowa Public Radio. Iowa Public Radio is how it should be made out to. And... 2111-2111 Grand Avenue, Des Moines, Iowa, 50312. It's in the text. So Iowa Public Radio, 2111 Grand Avenue, Des Moines, Iowa, 50312. Diana, what would you change about you? Uh, it's Diane, I guess uh, you're calling on me. Um well, I think it's one you've already talked about. If it's not what I want, I won't say it. It's so hard in this uh, politically charged atmosphere these days when somebody says something that gets my blood pressure going, I just want to respond, you know, <laughs> in their face. And, and sometimes I say things that aren't very, uh, you know, helpful to, consider, to continuing the conversation. 
Everyone, please write down. I will pause for one second before responding. I will pause for one second before responding. And I just realized we have two Dianas. Do you pronounce it? Diana Van Gorp, do you pronounce it? Diane, yes, just Diane. Diane. You're Diane, and then we've got Diana. Okay, I'm getting... Well, there's a Diana there, too? I'm sorry, yeah. did I jump in on Diana? No, you're fine. Diana Sickless. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, uh, I'm finding conversations. Hardly anybody's listening to anybody else, and most everybody's reacting emotionally. Who would agree? Reacting mm -hmm. emotionally. When I react emotionally, nothing good happens. The people finish completely... Count 1,001, now respond. You will lower your stress level and you'll actually think about the answer as opposed to waiting for them to stop. So please write down, I will listen to learn not to respond. I will listen to learn not to respond. Diane, does that make sense? It does, yeah. Just do this for a week at home. And with other people, strangers, let them finish completely. Count 1001. Now respond. That'll change everything. And they'll think you're the most amazing conversationalist in the world. It's hardly anybody's listening to anybody else. Thank you. And so now let's go to uh, Diana and then to Wayne. Diana? What would you change about you, Diana Sickless? Um, I'm almost afraid to say it. No, you can say anything you want. <laughs> My initial reaction when you asked the question first was, I wish I had more self-confidence. So you can see why I'm very uh, oh, uh, okay. vulnerable in admitting that. That's okay. Listen, Diana, when we came to America, I was nine years old. And we moved from Israel to Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's culture shock. The only thing I knew about the western part of the U.S. as a nine-year-old in Israel, the John Wayne movies I saw over there with the Hebrew subtitles. He'd come over a hill, see a bunch of Indians, and say, Oy vey, pilgrim. So <laughs> I, I thought we'd live with the cowboys and Indians. So I felt very insecure, though. Imagine, Diana, if you're going to a foreign country, you do not speak a word of their language, not a word of English. Weird name. My first and last name, Boaz Rauschwerger, that's a mouthful. And so whenever teachers would call my name, I'd feel so insecure, you know, because they really didn't know how to pronounce it and so forth. And the only place I felt comfortable was on the stage. I did theater in junior high and high school because then I could pretend to be somebody else. So I used to like a whole lot of confidence and a lot of people along the way, you know, like Julie and so forth, have been so encouraging that even though there's an insecure little boy in me, I focus on what I can do about it. And you seem perfectly fine to me. Who would agree? Diana seems fine. It's the way we see ourselves. So a positive affirmation that might help you morning and evening, Diana, is just to say, I'm a very confident person. I'm a very confident person. Just declare it. Just declare it. Because if you declare in the opposite, we continue that way. Does that make sense? Yes. And you look terrific to us. Okay. Um, Wayne and then Laura. Wayne, what would you change about you? Do we have Wayne? I thought we had a Wayne. Okay, let's go with Laura and then Robert. There. Go ahead, Laura. Am I unmuted? You are. 
What would oh. you change about you? I would like to be taller. <laughs> okay. What is your number? Often overlooked. What, what's your number two choice? Uh oh God, I have so many. I would like to uh well, I've been meaning to get to my plants and take care of plants more. I love them, they give me joy, and I sometimes I just let them go. You know the program. Yeah. How many hours a week and when? Yeah. What are you what are you willing to commit to? Oh God. All right. I'll start with two hours Friday morning in the garage. What time? Oh God. Um ten o'clock. Nine o'clock. Right. Nine o'clock. Please write down. Okay, please write down. Nine o'clock every Friday, two hours in my garage. Start with just this Friday. Can we commit to one Friday? All right, start. the 31st. All right. That's it? Yes. And then you might commit to a second Friday. I'm going to ask you to commit for three years. Just start somewhere. And Robert, what would you change about you? Is there a Robert? Okay, that's fine. Let me help you create what I call a goals card, G-O-A-L-S. A goals card. It's like this. Card about the size of a business card, upon which we're going to write some positive affirmations that I'm going to suggest you declare the first thing every morning and the last thing every night. Those are the two times your subconscious is most open to suggestion. So we're going to do this a month at a time. You'll reset it every month because you may have different things you're working on. So please write down, because we're the end of March. Let's write down, it's April 30th. It's April 30th, 2023. It's April 30th. 2023. Then write down everything I touch prospers and succeeds. Yeah. Isn't that a strong line? Everything I touch prospers and succeeds. I have a great positive attitude every day. But boys, I don't. But would you like to? Can we just pretend? So it's April 30th, 2023. Everything I touch prospers and succeeds. I have a great positive attitude every day. The next affirmation, I make amazing things happen daily. I make amazing things happen daily. And then, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get around to um, Julie, Terry, and Sherry. Julie, what would you, uh, Julie, come up, what would you change about you? Um, exercise. I, I need to start exercising again. I really let that go. I know. Okay. Three days a week. Okay. Uh, yeah. Set a time, 20 minutes, 15, whatever. Yeah. Just start there. Terry and then Sherry, what would you change about you? Do we have Terry? Oh, don't. Terry. You don't. Okay. Sherry? Do we have a Sherry? Uh, I would... I would volunteer more. Volunteer more? Like where? Oh, well, we have an RSVP program in Decorah, and I did put in several hours a few years ago and then sort of dropped out during COVID, and I would go back and do more volunteering. Will you call them today? Uh, I could, yes. Will you call uh, them by noon tomorrow? Will you call okay, them by noon tomorrow? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right. So... Now we're going to do custom affirmations. So let's start with Sherry. 
I'm back to enjoying my volunteer work. I'm back to enjoying my volunteer work. Declare what you want as if it's done. And that's it. <clears throat> Julie, I enjoy exercising. Let's put down at least twice a week. Let's make it simple. That was, does that work? I enjoy exercising at least twice a week. David, the same thing for you. I enjoy exercising, whatever it is. One time a week, anything. Start somewhere. And Billy, I always do the most valuable thing first and quickly. Isn't that the opposite of procrastination, Billy? I always do the most valuable thing first and quickly. Bernard, I'm back to enjoying my music. I'm back to enjoying my music. And uh, that'll be the same thing for Chuck. Chuck, back to enjoying the tuba, back to enjoying the piano, and so forth. And Bryce, I always do the most valuable thing first and quickly. That will help prioritize things, don't you think, Bryce? I always do the most valuable thing first and quickly. Uh, Marsha, I'm enjoying being back to my social life. I'm enjoying being back to my social life. And um, Bob, uh, it's fun and easy for me to get donations to NPR. It's fun and easy. I mean, it was fairly easy today, wasn't it? I, I know some checks are coming. I just have a feeling. JS, just saying, just saying. And Chuck, I'm enjoying being back at the piano. Uh, Judy, I enjoy walking at least a couple of times a week. You know, just something to get the mind going in that direction. And Nikki, I'm proud of my uh, progress on my memoir. I'm proud of my progress on my memoir. And then, um, Laura, my plants make me happy. <laughs> my plants make me happy. We'll get to the root of that. Okay. And <laughs> Julie, thank you. Thank you. See, some of you soon realize, and no, Julie knows this, that I'm sort of like a one-eyed discus thrower. I don't set any records, but I do keep my audience alert. And Julie, <laughs> Julie, I have the affirmation for you. See why I never miss one of these? Anyway, Julie, uh, Kay, we had the affirmation for you a while ago. I have an important voice. That is your affirmation to be declared morning and evening. And um, Diana, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember, what did you say you wanted to change about you? I'm sorry, Diane, Diane. Did Diane have to leave? Okay, then Diana, I'm a very confident person. I'm a very confident person. So just write down what you want to change on your card as if it's already done. Get a picture of something you would do this fun on May 1 when you see these changes happening. A weekend away somewhere, dinner and a show, anything, something fun. The mind responds to rewards. So get a picture of the reward and here's what goes on this card. Four things. A date, April 30th, 2023. A goal, the things we wrote down that we want to change about ourselves. A reward, going for a weekend at so-and-so. And an emotion, I am excited. A date, a goal, a reward, and an emotion. A date, a goal, a reward, and an emotion. Type out only what you can put on the card. I don't want a whole page of instructions. Get a picture of your next reward. Put it back-to-back, -back, laminate it. And just declare your affirmations. The first thing every morning and the last thing every night. And look at your picture. Declare your affirmations. The first thing every morning and the last thing every night. Just between now and April 30th. And if you don't see an important difference in your life, scrap the whole idea. <laughs> just declare the affirmations as if it's done. See, everybody's already doing this. But the majority of people are doing it backwards. You know, I just don't exercise regularly. I just don't have much confidence. Those are great affirmations in the wrong direction. These are in the right directions. 
And how many of you realize that 85% of your success depends on your ability to get along with people? The great majority of your success and happiness depends on your ability to get along with people. Who agrees about that? You know, it's not technical know-how that we have about our job or whatever. So here's a simple way for you to improve the way you get along with people. Two books. These are very old books, but they do the trick. Anybody read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Carnegie? Phenomenal book. Phenomenal book. Written in 1935, so totally applicable today. And the second book I suggest, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Think and Grow Rich. This is much more than about money. This is an attitude book. I'm not saying money is the answer to everything. But listen, you can be miserable in a better part of Des Moines, okay? And so, yes, somebody's asking me, uh, Chuck's asking if I was born in Israel. Yes, I was born in Israel. And uh, by the way, anybody here uh, been to Israel? Anybody here been to Israel? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Marsha, how long ago? Two years ago, a friend of mine gifted me a month in, in her home, plus first-class airfare. It was amazing. Wow. Did you go to the city of Tiberias? No. Okay, that's why I used to live. I used to go swimming in the Sea of Galilee every day. In fact, that's where I learned how to swim. When I was six, my brother was five. My dad threw us into the water, and as soon as we got out of the gunny sacks, we did fine. <laughs> Question for Chuck about Israel. He figured out my age, and he figured out he was right. I was not actually born in Israel. I was born in Palestine. I was born in 1947. Israel mm -hmm. became a country in May of 1948. And uh, whenever I think of challenges I may have, all I have to do is think of my parents in May of 1948 when I was 10 months old. Israel became, uh, declared its independence. And the next morning, five giant Arab nations declared war. So please write down, how would I operate if my only two choices were to win or to die? Those were the choices my parents faced. And my ingrown toenail compares? I don't think so. Back to the books. May I suggest one page a day? Get the two books, read one page a day in each book. Just one. Just one. And when you're through, read them over again. I think it's better to read one page a day consistently than three chapters and put it down for three weeks. Repetition is the mother of skill. Find one or two books, whether it's these or another one, and read them at least three times. Better to read one book three times than three books one time. So I thought these books were so valuable. In the past, I read each of these books once a month, every month, for five years. I've read these two books 60 times each. Now they're a part of me. So many of the one-liners I shared with you, we had at the time, we'd find a page or paragraph where I got them. Not because I'm brilliant, although mother would say I am. It's because I've been there 60 times. 60 times. Any questions about what we've been doing? In the last few minutes, I'd like to ask all of you, what is the one most valuable idea you got from this hour? What is the one most valuable idea? Let's begin with Diana and then Julie Kay. Diana, what do you think? One idea. Well, I, I actually like your five questions. So... Uh... I think just uh, in dialoguing with people, very, very good, very helpful. Who would agree with her comment now? She came across as a confident person. Who would agree? <laughs> I say, I don't think so. So sometimes we see ourselves differently, Diana, than other people see us. So let's not let that be our mantra. 
All right. Judy Kay and Laura, one most valuable from this hour. I have a voice. And notice it's different than it was a while ago. Who would agree? Mm -hmm. It's better. Okay. It's strong. It's fine. You're going to do just <laughs> great. Just great. Laura. And just then, do uh, it. Yeah. I love that. Right. Oh, my gosh. Did you yeah. see the good idea she just planted? I saw that. I saw that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Those people allow um, weeds to grow in their brain. Ooh. Oh, you know, a friend of mine, a friend of mine got poison ivy on the brain. And the only way he could scratch it was by thinking about sandpaper. Okay, let's move on. Oh. That was fun. Thank no. you. Thank you. Do no. I care about your response? No. No. I think I'm funny. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's keep going. Nikki and then Judy. Nikki, what do you like about the hour? One thing. Um, the uh, the part where you should listen, uh, pause and listen to what the person is saying before, before you try to respond. 1001, thank you for sharing. Judy and then Chuck. The value of bad puns. Thank you. I appreciate that. Chuck, I like that. Then, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Chuck and then Bob, one thing from the hour. I'm going to remember, uh, I'll watch my tone of voice. Great tip. I have to do that regularly. In an hour like this, bells go off in my mind every few minutes. Lower that tone of voice. You sound too harsh. You sound too strong. Ooh. And uh, Marsha and the Bryce. I'm sorry, Bob and then Marsha. A date, a goal, an award, an emotion. <clears throat> That's it. It's so simple. Marsha and then Bryce. Please unmute, unmute. None of us have lots of years left. So uh, time is of essence to get on with it, to achieve what we want. And it's possible with the uh, affirmations. Let me relate to what I think about all that. I did not do that good a job at Temple Israel in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when I was 13. I could have studied the Torah better. I could have given a better speech. I've decided to have a second bar mitzvah when I'm 113. <laughs> and I'm, invi I'm inviting all of you. Marsha, you'll enjoy going back. It's going to be at the Western Wall in Jerusalem. Here's the date. Write it down. Everybody, please write it down. I'm inviting all of you. There'll be no excuse for not showing up. I'm giving you lots of lead time. It's September 9th, 2060. September 9, 2060. Uh, I would appreciate gifts. You know, the cufflinks with the initials. That's kind of nice. Perhaps a tie, Marsha. I'll also accept money right after you send money to NPR. Okay? Sure. And so my affirmation every day is I'm 113 years of age in great health, celebrating my second bar mitzvah at the Western Wall of Jerusalem. I've been declaring that for a couple of years. So everything I'm doing is for the long haul. Who likes my program better? Hello? Hello, because what's the longevity age in America? 78 or something? I'll be 76 in July. I should be preparing to die. I do not like that program at all. No, no. merit for me whatsoever, whatsoever. <laughs> well, I've, Julie, please give us a summary of what you like from the hour. Miss Julie? Yes. You know, what I hope to do in these Monday Zoom calls is create new ideas, new ways of being more effective we have a lot of people who are influencers on this call and who listen to the podcast afterwards. And 
they're very involved. I just think if there are tools, we can all learn to be more effective. The five questions are key in establishing any kind of rapport with somebody. And I think, I think we can build more community and more awareness when folks share their stories in this highly politicized world. So, Boaz, you certainly you certainly delivered in spades as I knew you would. And before I let you go, and then by the way, we break out into breakout rooms so people can get to know one another. And I've printed the um, five questions. So if those of you who go into breakout rooms just uh, go through these five questions with one another briefly, I think that would be very helpful. Uh, but Boaz, how can people contact you? Are there ways that sure. people can bring you in for their uh, programs or, or do you yeah. have books that people can buy or what, what, how can I support you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's my phone number. If somebody wants to call me, I still have my San Diego area code 619-723-3007. 619-723-3007. And probably the best is just to text me. I want you to set up a call or call me. I'm available. I'll answer my calls, which is novel these days. And if you want to see my library, go to YouTube and just type in Boaz Power TV, B-O-A-Z-P-O-W-E-R TV, the initials for television. Julie, it has been an honor. You all are delightful. Thank you for letting me push you to get your answers. It's been a pleasure. And whatever I can do for any of you, please let me know. Thank Julie, you so much, Boaz, and we'll, we'll be creating small groups right now. You're welcome to hang around, and we'll... I've got to leave. Okay, thank you again. Really, really appreciate it.